Welcome to 153 Great Podcasts, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. I know you. Is this uh, Mr. Felix Crowder, traveling evangelist? Yes, sir. How are you, Mr. Davis? It's good. I'm good. It's good to hear your voice today. Good to hear yours as well. Um, this is an interview with uh, somebody I thought would be very interesting for our listeners to get to know. Um, Christian man <clears throat> lives down there in Indianapolis, um, who's had quite a career in uh, evangelism. <clears throat> So what I'd like to do is I'd like to have Felix introduce himself and uh, give you a short bio of uh, who he is. Go ahead, Felix. Well, I'm glad to, to be involved uh, in your interview. It's just an honor. Um, well, I received the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 1977. And um, that was in Madison, Wisconsin, under the ministry of uh, Pastor John Grant. And um, worked with him, you know, for a number of years. And... Uh, um, then in 1990, felt that we needed to start um, evangelizing. Um, took my family. We both quit our, quit our jobs, and we began to evangelize across America. And uh, that was uh, in September of 1990. And uh, that's what I've done so, uh, for about 30 years. As I recall, you got your degree in some sort of engineering field at uh, UW-Madison. Is that correct? Well, I did graduate uh, with a master's degree in landscape architecture at UW School, and and, uh, and that was in land, yeah landscape architecture. And, and uh, where did you meet your wife? Did you meet her at college or on the road in church? Well, um, I immediately got involved in campus ministry uh, in '77, and we continued to have uh, street meetings. And in the street meeting in '78. Um, she uh, came along while we were having a campus street meeting, and uh, from that street meeting, she began to come to church, and that's where I first met her. Uh, was so, um, was it love at first sight? <laughs> no, it wasn't. You know, I wasn't even thinking about getting married at that time. I was, I was just uh, winning souls, and uh, you know, it wasn't. Oh, it was probably about a couple years after that uh, that we even began to talk. So we got, like I say, we got married in 81 and, you know, just began to work together um, after she uh, came into the church, you know, did a bus route together and various different ministries together. And then uh, one thing led to another. That's how that worked. So um, I think the two of you have two sons, and I don't know how old they are. You want to just describe that quickly? Sure. Um, our two sons, Mark and Jeremy, uh, 30, um, 34 and 33 right now. Um, they uh, you know, were three and four when we, we began to travel on the road. And uh, you know, all they knew was growing up with revival. And uh, so uh, Mark lives in, in Columbus, um, Ohio right now. He's married, got, a, got our one grandchild. And Jeremy lives in Toledo, Ohio. He's married. And they have no children as yet. So, did you just pile your family in a car and a van? Did you pull a trailer <laughs> when you started traveling? I mean, and what year did you start doing that? 
Well, we started traveling in 1990. My first revival uh, began on the 16th of September of that year. And um, what I had done was um, I first purchased a, a, a van, and uh, it was uh, it was a conversion van. The, you know, the vans back then were very large, and I pulled a 34-foot uh, travel trip. So my intent was to keep the family all together at that time because the boys were young, and that would give my wife a little bit of stability having a trailer. So we began to pull pull that trailer, and. Uh, started in central Wisconsin with our first revival. So, and uh, you did it by faith? You didn't have a job or an occupation? Or how did you sustain yourself? Or weren't you a little bit worried about that when you started out? Well, you know, we just we just felt strongly to do it. You know, of course, the, the Lord blessed us. Um, you know, what, what we did, you know, some some people would have thought it was crazy. I, I started um, evangelizing with probably three to four weeks worth of meetings. Um, you know, we it it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy, but you know the Lord blessed. Us. So we fo- we always focused on doing what the Lord wanted us to do as far as reaching souls, seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized, miracles, and such. So I just felt like I was sustaining, and and here we are. And we haven't uh, so I haven't stopped evangelizing since that point. Now, um, you're how old? Are you sixty one, sixty two? I'm sixty. In fact, I'm closer to 66 than I am 65 now. So can you just estimate how many meetings you have been in traveling around the country and the world, actually? Can you take a guess? Oh, my. I've I've got it all recorded in my book. But, um, you know, I've been somewhere uh, probably about a a thousand churches. um, Oh, my. So um, I haven't counted how many meetings. We've been in, but I'll tell you that we've had over 12,000 people receive the Holy Ghost in that period. Now, when you say receive the Holy Ghost, you're talking about Acts 10:46. Is that correct? Um, Acts um, Acts 2 and 4. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Acts 10:46, Acts Acts 2 and 38, 39, where people receive the Holy Ghost in their uh, they uh, speak with tongues. Okay, so 12,000 people, thousand meetings, and, and uh, when you write your first book, you'll probably come up with that statistic. Um, I'm sure the the first meetings are the most memorable for you um, because you just started out. But uh, could you uh, give me an idea of uh, what was probably the most memorable service or revival service you were in to begin with? You don't have to mention any names or locations, but maybe the event itself. You know, actually, I've had a lot of memorable meetings. Um, Actually, it was probably in 1993. I was in Papua New Guinea. And uh, there, was a, there was a Bishop Deggy that had invited us over. We had 405 receive the Holy Ghost in that set of, in that set of meetings. Uh, and uh, we had people, uh, you know, blind blind people, um, well, not blind, but uh, eyes improved. And we had uh, a lot of good things happening in, in that meeting. And I preached, you know, four to six times, um, you know, sometimes in a, in a day. In Papua New Guinea, and it was a uh, it was just a, a powerful time. Just uh, I can I can remember another meeting that was um, in New Orleans, and I can remember a brick wall. It was like preaching to a brick wall, and um, I, I remember uh, getting back in the, the little house that they kept me in, and got down and prayed until actually I um, God gave me it just it just like it was like a, a, a vision. I felt I was like in a mil a military, and then all was all of a sudden there's a flash of light and, and I knew that I had the victory. And then the next the next day we had twenty some received the Holy 
happened there. So those, those are the two most memorable ones that I think of. Now, I know that of all those people, 12,000 people, and, and uh, there had to have been probably some outstanding healing or miracles that you have seen or witnessed that God did. Is there a couple of them you would like to describe or you can remember for us? Sure, sure. Um, I can remember a young man who's about 26 years old, just in Flatwoods, Kentucky. He had never seen out of his left eye. And um, uh, there was no apparent evidence, you know, where I could see that he could not um, see out of the eye. And I prayed for him for several things. I said, is there anything else I can pray for you for? He said, I can't see out of my left eye. And uh, he said, I've never seen out of since birth. And we began to speak to that eye. And I helped, I um, taught him how to speak to that eye. And on the fourth, fourth speaking to that eye commandment to come open, his, his sight was perfect. Oh, man. How old a, how old a young yeah. man was he? He was 26 years old. Oh, yes, sir. that's fabulous. Yeah. Anything there else? There are a couple other ones. Yeah. Yes, there are a couple other ones I think of. Um, and these involve uh, legs growing out. I mean, <laughs> the first time that happened to me was in a place called Fredonia, Ohio. And uh, there was an older lady, and most everybody had gone. And uh, there were two sisters. And in fact, uh, the uh, one said, would you pray for the other one? And uh, because of her leg, and we watched that leg grow out an inch and a half. Um, oh, my. Yeah, another time, several years later, this was in Lucille, Mississippi. In fact, uh, it's been uh, just a couple of years ago. There's another lady just noticed that she was walking funny. And I had to sit down and watch, we watched that leg grow out uh, and a half an inch. You know, God's a miracle-working God. Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, a lot of miracles like... Uh healings on the inside of somebody are not visibly seen, but to see somebody's limb or leg grow, that, that, that's that got to be pretty uh, awe-inspiring, I would think. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Because uh, it was just a matter of speaking the word, and you have to believe, and you no know, people were around, the, around you in it, and uh, so you know, we just have to believe for whatever the need is. So in, in your opinion, um, uh, when people get to the point where they can believe for a miracle, is is that faith resident inside of them, or do you think that Jesus is imparting that faith to them? What's your thought? You know, actually, all faith actually comes from from God, but it it um, it takes some desire on that person's part, and I don't know how it all works. I know that all faith faith comes out of God, but you know, it's like He He uses us, and so that person has to believe the word of God. And they may not think of it as God working in them, but there's a desire. There's, there's a confidence in the Word of God. And so um, they, they put their, their believer hat on. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, miracles can happen you know, because of their faith or the combination of theirs and the, and the person praying faith. Um, but uh, well, let me ask, I'll ask the question this way. Um, in preparation mm-hmm. for a meeting, and you've had thousands of meetings, it sounds like, um, what have you noticed in terms of preparation for a meeting that generates that atmosphere of faith? Well, I believe that a person has to you know, be a worship a, a worshipful person, you know, trusting God, having full faith in the Word of God. And there's, there's a key, and I call it importunity. And importunity is a fervent desire. So whatever God says, you begin to believe it as opposed to doubting it. You know, many many people have more faith in the doctor than they do Jesus. I got you. And when you, you, you begin to put your faith in Jesus, and we live in that kind of a time right now that people are afraid because of the coronavirus. They're afraid to step outside the door. Well, 
and let's put in more faith and fear than faith in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, when I go into a meeting, I'm just going to believe that um, where Jesus is, he always wants to take take what is uh, what is broken and he wants to fix it. Okay. Salvation is about taking broken souls and, and fixing them and preparing them for the, for the kingdom. And he wants to do the same thing to the body. Um, shifting gears here, um, the you're a Pentecostal man, and I'm uh, thinking that the gifts of the Spirit operate in your ministry. Um, can you describe what that is all about, or do you, can you identify them? Yes. Um, you know, a, a major scripture for me, well, a couple of major scriptures. One, uh, Mark 16 and verse 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to the creature. And then uh, in the next um you know, three verses, he begins to describe what would follow uh, believers. And he talks about in verse, uh, I believe, verse 18, that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, as I began reading my Bible, you know, early on in my Christian walk, I'd seen that um, that scripture and then uh, put, in, put in together with this, thou shalt say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in thine heart, but shall believe the things you say shall come to pass. Well, then I understood that this is for us and that we should, uh, that we could have it if we begin to speak to it. So I began to practice. And quite honestly, there was a time that I did, you know, I'd speak and nothing would happen. But, you know, there's some perseverance involved. And uh, so there's a push that you got to have in your spirit to believe that God will keep his word. And, um, you know, even, even in your desire to see it come to pass, that's Jesus working with you. He's, he's, he's He's built, he's operating and giving you faith. But, you know, as from the human side, you're just acting on what you see in the Word. So um, as those things begin to happen in my life, um, as I begin to speak to it, uh, you know, things begin to happen. People get healed of other sicknesses. I've had people healed of diabetes, you know, um, uh, arthritis. Even so much as having, you know, babies have been born from any number of couples, at least. I think we're up to about 14 to 15. And I'm sure it's more than my prayer, but, you know, there, there, there are children that have been born, uh, uh, cancers that have gone. So it's a matter of taking the word and making the word flesh. In other words, just like um, the word of God was made flesh in Jesus Christ. Now uh, it's about the word is supposed to, to work in us. So I see. Um, so you're really talking about uh, a gift of faith from what I'm hearing, which then seems to bring the uh, working of miracles and gifts of healing. Would, would you describe it that way? Uh, yes, yes, I would. And uh, I would also say that sometimes uh, that you just feel an, an, an impression. You know, many times that uh, it doesn't work that way for me. I just see the need and begin, I believe that where there's a need, God wants to, to, to apply that need. So we step out on the Word of God and act on it and speak to it. But then there are other times you just feel impression. Sometimes it just kind of comes on. Mm-hmm. I remember just uh, several weeks ago, um, uh, you know, just noticing a, a lady coming up onto the platform in the place that I was preaching. And she was about to play the piano. And I um, understand that nobody wants to be in pain, but I noticed the way that she walked, she was in pain. And when she got to the platform, I said, lady, you're in pain, aren't you? And she says, yes. And uh, and I said, um, you have and it just came on me. I said, you feel like you've been left behind. And she just broke tears, just profusely coming. And I said, it's gone, isn't it? And she says, yes, all that pain was. <laughs> and it's amazing. So it's, um, 
where the you know Jesus comes inside of us, and we begin to get confidence, and He begins to work with us, and we always have a listening ear. And uh, I thought that was an amazing miracle that she talked to me. Um, I was going to ask you um, your your vision of your ministry going forward, considering you know the lockdown, the coronavirus. Um, how has it affected your ministry? First of all, the virus, and second, how do you see your ministry going forward? Your vision. Well. <clears throat> You know, being an evangelist, and of course, I you know, um, have a lot of friends that are evangelists that we, you know, collab- collaborate. Um, it, it involves physical travel uh, for the for the most, part. and certainly uh, there's been limitations upon that uh, now. But uh, what we what we've done is use our home and, and uh, you know, local facilities and uh, made videos. So, for instance, um, this last Sunday. Uh, I was invited to preach here locally at my local church, and we did an online um, broadcast. But I had recorded several days before that a, um, a message that was an hour before had been broadcast in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, so it, it, it requires us to go online more, uh, use that as a venue, and um, I expect to be able to, to use that more. And even when the lockdown lifts, we'll be using the video means more. Um, I've had people watch, watch my videos from uh, or my broadcasts from even the other side of the world. Um, is serious. there is there a website or Facebook page you'd like to describe that people can go to to learn more about you and your ministry? Well, most of um, with my current information um, is is on Facebook. It's Felix Space Ida Space Crowder. So we got and we got I your did. wife's name in there, Ida. Good. So that would yeah. be. Yeah. I'll post yeah. it in the show notes so that people can get to your Facebook page. Is is there a website or a YouTube channel? Yes. I do have a I do have a website. Um, it's FelixCrowder.com, uh, and uh, I do have some. If you do a search under Felix Crowder, there are any number of messages out there under my name. And and YouTube channel? Do you have a YouTube channel? I, I don't have that developed, um, but uh, that's maybe something in the future you'll do. Sure, absolutely. My online uh, ministry will be ramping up here. Okay. So, so you see that going forward? Are, are you going to do more of a teaching or more of a service ministry going forward? I mean, what's your thought? Well, my thought is that we need to to do to do both. Most everything that I have out there now is, is preaching. Um, there are some. Uh, a few teaching uh, YouTubes out there. But uh, particularly, I have you know, family members and friends and being locked down, even I have, uh, I've noticed that my uh, my neighbors have been looking at some of my online ministry. So um, sometimes uh, people not wanting to let you in the home like they used to. So we can do that online. So there's, um, uh, well, uh, just, just to finish here, our interview, uh, I thought I'd ask you to pray for the people that are hearing this interview today or the next few days or weeks. Uh, could you, you know, speak a prayer for the, the listeners here? Maybe there's something that God will give you. There are, where there are people, there are needs, and certainly there are uh, people that are stressed, people that are, have emotional uh, issues going on, and those can be manifested with sicknesses in their body. So wherever you are, and whatever your uh, your sickness, how it's being manifested, let's believe that there's peace that's going to come over you. Let's believe right now that the pain is going to go. And you don't need my hand, but with us agreeing together, God is going to do something great. Now, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, 
are this financial stress pray, oh God, the blessing, oh God, would break loose upon them in Jesus' name. And I'm asking you, Lord, for those that have never, oh God, come, oh God, to understand or receive, oh God, uh, the biblical salvation, receiving the Holy Ghost, being baptized in Jesus. I pray that a hunger and a thirst be loosed in them right now, and we give you praise in Jesus' name for the miracle that you're going to work in us. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Felix. I appreciate, uh, Brother Crowder, your well, your time, and I'm hoping that this interview will touch some lives and uh, give people a greater understanding. And uh, I want people to pray for you uh, because your ministry is changing. You uh, people are not able to travel as much right now, and, and churches are in lockdown, no meetings. But uh, so I'm just asking uh, people that if uh, you uh, would contribute to this man's ministry, you could do it through the links on this podcast and. Uh, you know, certainly you've benefited from listening to it. So I'm asking the listeners to uh, lean in and, uh, you know, help uh, Brother Crowder in his ministry at his time that he's in lockdown as well. And uh, I want to thank you again, Felix. Thank you so much. You've been a blessing to me over the years, uh, Brother Davis, and I appreciate what you're doing to reach people worldwide. Brother Crowder's uh, PayPal account is paypal.me slash Felix Crowder, spelled F-E-L-I-X-C-R-O-W-D-E-R, and his website is felixcrowder.com. I'll also post his uh, Facebook page in the notes of this episode. You've been listening to 153greatpodcast.com, a ministry of 153greatfish.com. Please subscribe, and better yet, help us by contributing. God bless you.